Welcome to Colonize the Ocean podcast, where we discuss oceanic colonization, exploration, and education with your hosts, Adam Jewell and Brendan Traxler. guys welcome to another episode of colonize the ocean the podcast my name is adam jewel i am the social media manager for atlanta sea colony and the one host for the colonize the ocean podcast and with me is the founder of atlanta sea colony and the other host of colonize the ocean podcast brendan how are you doing today i'm fine that's an awful lot of words you just said there well you know i try to not make it copy and paste when i jump in and do this so i try to arrange things a little bit every time I do the introduction. So um, me and you have been talking. We're kind of doing a little bit of experimenting with the podcast now. We want to try to, you know, talk about some current news and current topics that involve, you know, uh, you know, marine technology and oceanic news, stuff like that. But and things that can relate back to colonizing the ocean and really a lot of the different topics that you know, you can find in the news today that relate to the ocean, that relate to marine technology, that, you know, just cover those topics. We can find a lot of those things that are being discussed by other, you know, um, news sites that we can utilize to our advantage for colonizing the ocean. So, um, you know, we both picked out a couple news articles that we want to we want to go through. I know you said you found one that uh, involves some clean energy um, resources that's being used. Uh, What have you figured out? Yeah, and I just want to say, you know, you're you're talking about how we're we're kind of evolving the podcast a little bit. And I think, you know, the whole, you know, if you're you're just now coming in, the podcast is the first one you listen to. Awesome. From here out, it's going to be a little bit different experience. But if you've been with us from the beginning, you know, we kind of laid a foundation early on on what different tech, you know, the basis underwater habitats, energy, stuff, uh, submersibles. We've had some cool interviews, and that's not going to change uh, per se, but we've already laid that foundation, and we just wanted to bring some more value and some, some hard-hitting news to you guys. We want to be your source of ocean colonization news. Your one-stop shop for all your <laughs> ocean news. Now, but yeah, I mean, yeah, basically what you said. But yeah, you know, I did. I found an article, um, you know, <sighs> clean energy is all the rave. Everybody's talking solar, um, you know, wind, um, hydro. It's, it's you know, the sun burns nonstop. It's always there. But so does the, the waves and the tides. And they run around the clock. Unlike the sun, which you get a good, that depends on what part of the world you're in and, and what season it is. It doesn't run 24-7, so then you got to run off battery backup during those off hours or jump back on the grid. Uh, but with the ocean, uh, your tides are, are clockwork, and you're constantly got moving. And so when we start looking at um, underwater or even ocean-based habits above or beyond the, under the water, power is important, and we got to look at that. So, this article I found was titled, A Buoy-Like Device Designed to Produce Electricity from the Ocean is Being Developed in Scotland. 
basically what it was, um, after reading through the article, which will be in the show notes, so you can read it up for yourself, um, is a submerged wave buoy that reacts to changes in subsea water pressure caused by passing waves. Um, the organization that's doing this, they've got a $1.29 million uh, budget, or they were given that much money to, to fund this this project, and they're wanting to have 15 of these things in by the year 2023. Along with all that, Scotland has really been moving in the, in the hydro area, um, and as of the end of 20, uh, January 2020, they announced that their tidal stream project, power project, off the north coast of Scotland had already uh, generated 13.8 gigawatt hours of electricity. And to give that a little bit of perspective, that means the average house, it could power about almost 4,000 of those just off this this project they're, they're working on. So, you know, that's 4,000, you know, it's not a ton, but, you know, for just starting off and trying this this new technology, I you know, it's it's a positive start. Um, the, the, the only down thing that, you know, you see with hydro is you have to, you can't be too far inland. So if you're, you know, in the middle of the United States, well, Adam, if you're in South Dakota, you're probably not going to benefit <laughs> too much from hydroelectricity. But um, if you're like most residents and you're closer to the, the coast, you're definitely going to see some benefits from that. Or you could definitely see some benefits from that, I guess, if, if that, that gets implemented and going forward. One thing that I have always liked about um, seeing this kind of stuff, and we've talked about it in our previous podcast, is that, you know, and we're going to, I'm sure, jump into this after I'm, I get through this, is that once the, you know, you're in the experimentation stage, which is kind of like what a lot of these companies are going through with this kind of technology is they're, they're putting it out there. They want to see how well it works. And, you know, it's a very few right now. There's not a lot of these out there. But as what can come from this is after they develop the success of this, these are these things are going to be like manufactured. These things are going to be um, built cheaper, built faster. They're going to be accessible for you know the world, you know, to be able to to do this, and we have more access to to clean energy. And, and I mean that you look at how you know solar kind of got its kick. I mean it was experimental in the very beginning. Now. I mean, you can go to a hardware store, really, or like some of these big chain hardware stores. You can buy solar panels to, you know, power big or small things on your own at at a really affordable rate. So the cool thing is, like I just said, is you're watching this happen. And, yeah, it's it's an expensive endeavor right now for um, a country to take on or a government to take on. But as they see the benefits, as they see more people showing interest, the manufacturability is going to be there. You're going to be able to see the benefits, the costs of it go down to where it's accessible for everyone. And for people like you and I who are trying to build an underwater habitat, this is a really cool option, you know, to see that if this might be a way you could power an underwater uh, habitat or an underwater colony. Right. I mean, it's not going to be, especially when we're talking global here, it's not going to be one technology that does, it's not, you know, it's not all or nothing type of thing. Right. There will be wind, there will be solar, there will be hydro, there'll be geothermal. There's going to be tons of different stuff just depending on where you're at and to keep the cost down and stuff like that. And you're talking about solar, you you do, you look at, you know, it's, it's got the, all the buzzwords right now. It's, it's popular. It's, it's hot. It's, it's, that's what everybody's looking for. And because of that, the technology is really progressing and they're getting more advanced. I mean, you look at what, 
uh, Tesla is doing with their solar panels on the on the roofs of the houses they're coming out with. You can't yeah, tell the, the difference. Shingles. Yeah, you can't tell the difference from a regular house, and you get the power of your house. So not only is it you getting the benefit from it, but you're, aesthetically it's it's pleasing too. Which in the past you had these big giant panels in your house, and people didn't want them because they looked ugly. Uh, but now you don't have to deal with them. That's all a technology thing because once again it got pushed forward. And same thing with anything else. You know, look at the way wind turbines have changed over the years. And the same thing will come from from hydro as well. It, it, you know, if it's a technology that shows promise, which you know, I, I, it's hard for me to think it doesn't, just because you do have a reoccurring tide, or you put it in a Gulf Stream, or you put it somewhere, else and you can harness that that never ending power that's going in there. You know. Anybody that's ever had gone in the ocean knows the power of the waves, and it's there's an awful lot of power there. And if we just harness that, you know, that's you know, that's definitely a, a deal breaker. I mean, it's a game changer. Yeah, and, and kind of like I said before, and what you just said, tying into it, is that a lot of this technology started out big and bulky. Like that's just the way any type of engineering project goes. Like it's always going to be big in the beginning because you got to figure out how to make it work, and then just as the as the technology develops as there's more people on this kind of thing you know technology makes machines smaller with while being able to perform the the same capabilities we mentioned how uh, i believe it's solar city uh elon musk's other company making the shingles on your that you can put on your roof that are solar panels you know it's it started these big solar farms which still exist but now you can just put shingles on your house and get a lot of the same effects i i foresee the same thing happening with some of this hydro technology we're talking about where um when you see some of the stuff out there it might be bigger platforms or whatever these structures that they're going to use as but as time progresses they're going to have like a cleaner look they're going to be smaller they're going to be not as um invasive on the waters and um but still be able to perform what you want them to perform yeah, and just a, just a side note, a correction here. Solar City was purchased by Tesla and is now branded Tesla, so it no longer exists as Solar City. Oh uh, well, I'm glad you uh, called me out on that because I did not know that. So there hey, you go. I learned a couple things today. Hey, it's always a good day. You should learn something <laughs> new every day. Yeah, well, and hopefully that's what people are going to get with this podcast. <laughs> a little bit of self, a little bit of self promotion there while we we're clearing up my mistakes. Uh huh. Um, did you want to cover anything else with that, or do you want me to dive into mine? I mean, I, you know, I think that when we're talking about energy, it's a, a subject that we could definitely dive deeper into. And I think we'll come back to it as we continue on because it is always a, a changing and evolving technology. Um, we're going to see a lot of it. We are. We are. And once again, you know, as we talked with um, uh, Joseph uh, last on the last podcast that we did, you know, once you – energy is is it you have to – you have to – uh, harness that and you have to figure out how you're going to get the energy to your underwater habitat, to your floating house, to your whatever. We are dependent upon energy a la electricity anymore to survive. And especially when you're underwater, it is, it's life and death, literally. So anything we can do or talk about, uh, you know, energy and clean energy, um, we will. So I want to touch base on not touch base, but I want to go into this article that I found. Um, it's uh, kind of traveled the web this past week. And uh, this particular one I found was on Forbes by, uh, I mean, the writer was Andre, Andre White. Um, 
So this is kind of a story about this gal named Nelly Asigi Katagi. Now, I don't want to keep butchering that name because I just have a feeling that I did not pronounce it right. So I'm just going to call her Nelly. Um, so she grew up in Western Kenya, which is 14 hours away from the Indian Ocean. Now, she got her aquatic science undergrad from Egerton University. Um, and even while she was pursuing this degree, like she still had not ever seen the ocean. So she grew up in a place where she was nowhere near the ocean. She knew she wanted to study aquatic sciences. And even while pursuing that, still hadn't even got a chance to experience what it is to be by the ocean, but still got this, this degree. Now, um, she's recently become a very important figure in marine biology. Um, you know, she's studying billfish like marlins and swordfish. Um, you know, despite their popularity for fishing, um, there's still a lot of stuff that people don't know about these, these fish. Um, so she's been doing a lot of research, working with different organizations, uh, just kind of including trying to figure out where, I'm sorry, She's trying to figure out their their range, uh, their their habitats, their their migration patterns, and you know, with a lot of things that are going on in the world, um, the, the effects that global warming has on them. So she's done a lot of this different stuff, and she's continuing to do so, um, and kind of making trying to be an activist on making sure people aren't overfishing. You know, not necessarily not fishing at all, but just making sure we don't overfish certain types of fish types and populations. And, you know, and I told you that I wanted to kind of bring up this article, I, I told you I was going to be able to relate it back to ocean colonization, which seems kind of weird. But the thing that I liked about this article was it's about someone who had an interest in the ocean that lived 14 hours away from the ocean. So that resonates with me because when I came onto this project with you, I mean, I've been to the ocean a couple times in my life. But I live in the Midwest. I live in South Dakota. So it's, you know, I, it's not a quick drive for me. It literally, I think I would have to drive probably 14, 15, probably 20 hours to the closest direction of getting to an ocean. So, but here I am trying to help figure out everything with this project that we're working on and just anything with what we're doing, you know, is learning about the ocean, whether it's underwater technology um, you know, parts of what we're trying to learn about is, you know, ocean conservation and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of cool that someone that was so far away had such a passion for something she hadn't even got to experience until she was like already really in it. So, you know, it, it's cool that hopefully we can have that kind of same effect for people that even if you don't live in a coastal region where you're by the ocean and maybe like, Something similar to like scuba diving is a hobby of yours. You know, like you said, a lot of people in Midwest, it's not going to be their first um, activity, but maybe it's more popular on the coastal towns. Well, I'm hoping that, um, you know, just interest in marine technology and ocean colonization has that same effect. And I think I think you're, you're right I, from a standpoint where, you know, I grew up until I was 12 in Illinois. That was my home. And that's really what, even back then, I had a passion for wanting to scuba dive, wanting to be near the ocean. And I never saw the ocean until I was 13, 14, I think, something like that. Um, and around the same time is when I really started, you know, looking at Atlanta Sea Colony, and that started coming in my mind. So, 
uh, you know, I didn't get certified to dive until I was in my twenties. So all these things, once again, it, it does. It's, it, I think that part of it is, is it's just the, the, the dreamer mentality and the, and the having the vision and having a passion and being laser focused on that passion. Like, like, uh, this person in your article was, so yeah, I, you know, I, kudos to them and, and, um, I agree. Yeah. It's one of the things we talk a lot about, you know, business talk is we have such a, a, a specific demographic that we try to reach out to. But with that, we also want to try to gain the interest of people that maybe have never thought of this kind of thing, you know, ocean colonization. That's, that's a very specific type of endeavor that we are chasing and we want other people to kind of get behind it too. So, yeah, like I said, this, this was kind of, or, you know, quite a bit different. I mean, the article wise, I mean, she went on to pursue marine biology, which is awesome. I think that's a, that's an awesome field to, to get into. And, you know, I love watching marine life and, you know, I'm just an animal person in general, granted, like, um, like I said, around here, you're not going to get to see cool tropical fish or nothing like that. But so it's, it's, it's really cool for me to, to see that. And yeah, just to reiterate and kind of like what you said is just, even if you're not even pursuing oceanic stuff, like don't let, yeah, here's, here's an inspirational thing. It's just like, just because, you know, it's not in your region or something that's realistic where you're at. That doesn't mean you can't pursue some sort of dream. Yeah. And especially now in today's age with the internet and stuff like that, everything is within your fingertips reach, uh, you know? So yeah, it's, it's inspirational thoughts from Adam today. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's uh like I said, it was a uh, really cool to see. And, um, you know, uh, we'll obviously tie that, um, link to the, the show notes and let people check out what she is doing and uh, all of her work. Now, um, so I think that's kind of how we're going to uh, do the shows. And like you said, we're going to still do interviews. That's still something we're going to pursue. Um, obviously, we want to do more news and um, hit on more topics that uh, as they come out. And we just kind of want to try to stay current. And uh, yeah, we're kind of like a, in an experimental phase right now. So um, one thing that we wanted to throw in uh, with our sign out is we do have a Patreon. So you can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Atlanta Sea Colony. And with that, we, you know, any small donation uh, that you guys can make to us helps us just continue to develop the business and grow the business. And really, one of the big things we want to try to do is start saving up to getting the physical aspects of this project underway as well. So Anything you guys can do to help us out would be awesome. Also, you guys can find us on all of our social medias. You can find us at Facebook, Atlanta Sea Colony. Instagram, Atlanta Sea Colony. Twitter, Atlanta Sea Colony. LinkedIn, Atlanta Sea Colony. Brendan, is there anything else you want to throw in? Uh, I think we're on YouTube, TikTok. Uh, there, we're, if there's, it's a social media. We're probably on it in some way or another. We actually have a Reddit account, too, that I'm trying to get built up, too. So you can find us at Atlanta Sea Colony on Reddit as well. AtlantaSeaColony.com and ColonizeTheOcean.com. And also, we're now on, there's a platform, it's, it's similar to YouTube, uh, but it's blockchain related called, uh, I don't know if it's pronounced library or not, but it's LBRY.TV. And we're putting video content up there, up there as well. So you might want to check that out. It's a newer, newer platform. It's interesting. We're, we're playing around with it too. Once again, guys, thanks for tuning in to Colonize the Ocean podcast. Brendan, you got anything else? No, sir. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody.